Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bueri, and as always, I'm with the seemingly fearless Dr. Lucy Jones. Today's episode is sponsored in part by SoCal Gas, who's committed to building resilience in the communities it serves. We also thank our individual supporters who help underwrite the work of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. They do this through Patreon. Would you consider sponsoring this podcast for as little as $5 per month? Because your support enables us to serve even more communities. Simply go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Now let's get to it. So often, when Lucy and I are in conversations in public settings, people confidently and proudly confess that they are deathly afraid of earthquakes. They don't just say that they're afraid of dying, just afraid of the concept of earthquakes. We know this is due to our human inability to manage risk. Things that seem deadly or unknown heighten our fear. To those immersed in disasters, like scientists, emergency managers, and other disaster experts, the fear is less because they have worked to understand the risk. They know that much of the damage is preventable if only people were motivated to take action. Unfortunately, the experts often go back to fear to motivate action. Well, fear is our fundamental response to danger. It's the instinct that triggers quick action, the classic fight or flight syndrome. So it seems obvious that fear is the place you engage people on risk. Well, obvious perhaps, but let's talk about that fear. Fear is a driver of action. You've been saying that people need to be emotionally engaged to act. What does the research show though about fear and its efficacy in driving the right actions and responses to the risks we face? Well, I think one of the fundamental places to start from that's very important is the work of people like Paul Slovic, where they've shown that we have two essentially parallel processing systems for looking at risk. We have the analytical system that us scientists and engineers use, and it takes time, and we calculate it out, and we come to some assessment, numerical comparison of one type of risk against another. But we also, and this is everybody, including the scientists, have an emotional processing system. Like we've just been talking about, that fundamental fear, fight or flight, we have evolved an emotional affective system, or sometimes called an experiential system, that this is an experience that requires me to act quickly and move. Because they're both there, we have to have our emotions engaged to move from the slower analysis into an action. Emotions are necessary to get us to act. But you just said fear is an emotion and it's a very strong emotion. Yes, but it is a negative emotion. One that is very unpleasant to experience, which means we try to avoid it. So when you're faced with an immediate threat, then you get your fight or flight. You avoid the approaching predator in however way you can. That's an appropriate, instinctual, very quick response. For the long-term threat though, you have more options for avoiding that feeling of fear than just fighting or running away. You could choose to reduce or get rid of the risk. I don't like being afraid of earthquakes, so I will retrofit my house. And this seems obvious to us technical people, but that only works if doing that work on your house makes you feel less afraid. And that means you have to really believe in the efficacy of your retrofitting. Again, easier for engineers than for others. And there are other ways to avoid the fear. You can refuse to think about the long-term threat, and then you don't have to experience that problem or that emotion of fear you don't like because it hasn't happened yet and I'm just not thinking about it. You can also convince yourself that the risk isn't real. 
<laughs> and that seems to be what some people are doing with this COVID-19 pandemic, right? That it's only the flu or it's not that bad. Right. This is actually a pretty effective way to feel safer. And I'm just going to live in an environment where the people around me don't talk about COVID being dangerous. I don't look at those death totals or I think they're somehow being distorted by some sort of conspiracy and I can feel safer. And in fact, I think that a lot of the avoidance of vaccines is a way to continue to feel safer because admitting that you need the vaccine, which does have some risks, is admitting that the risk from the disease is worse. And if you want to believe that it's not that bad, because you know people who got COVID and they got over it, no big deal, you're giving up that feeling of safety by accepting the risks of the vaccine. So this fear really results in avoidance which is an action, but not the action that leads to managing the risk. It's the ostrich effect in many ways, right? You stick your head in the sand and say, it's not going to happen to me. Right. And often what you see with fear is a concomitant feeling of powerlessness. If you want to take action, you've got to believe that your actions make a difference. And if you've just thrown up your hands and say, there's no point in doing anything, you know, I can't, I, I'm just not going to think about it. What's the bottom line then, Lucy? If we have this innate fear this innate reaction that is fear, and that then leads to other emotions like avoidance or convincing ourselves otherwise, what do we do? Well, I think fear is a good response for short-term risks, fight or flight. In the long term, though, it doesn't tend to lead to effective action. You either avoid it or convince yourself it's not that bad. It's actually relatively rare to take that logical analysis that this aspect makes me safer, because maybe doing that mitigating work doesn't make you feel safe. Get back to emotion here, right? Fear is this natural response. And that natural response is often that fear turns to anger. People get afraid. And one of the emotional responses is to get rowdy or to get loud and start blaming others just to blame them out of fear of not being in control. That uncertainty is what breeds this fear turn to anger. Right. Fear sometimes gets migrated into anger. And I think you can understand this if you look at the psychological impacts of fear and anger. Both of them are negative emotions that we don't particularly like experiencing, but anger gives us a feeling of something we can do. It gives us more of a feeling of being in power and that we can somehow take control, change the outcome. But to do that, to move from fear to anger, you usually need to have somebody to blame, some place to focus your anger. In addition to blaming someone else for causing your disaster, we also sometimes use blame in a different way to make ourselves feel safe, which is to blame the victims. When we looked at Hurricane Katrina and saw all these people drowning in their own homes, we could blame them for not leaving. Why didn't they just listen? If we blame them being wrong, we can feel that we wouldn't make the same mistake and therefore we can keep ourselves safe and not face the same risk. Of course, we ignored the fact that there were 100,000 people who didn't own a personal car and there was no way to evacuate except by personal cars in that situation. But that's a logical place that doesn't make us feel safer. We'd rather look at ways we blame the victims. We actually do this in just about every risk we face. Think about your response when you hear somebody had a heart attack. Well, yeah, I saw the way he was eating all that beef and why didn't he keep a little more control on his weight? If you can think that somebody caused their own problems, you think that it's not going to happen to you because you won't make the same mistakes. So we know that emotion is what drives action. But we also have recognized today through this conversation that there's a slew of negative emotions that drive action 
but maybe not in the way that actually helps build resilience or manage the disaster that you might be facing, especially those long, slow disasters like drought, climate change, or the impending earthquake that will come someday soon. But maybe not in your life. That uncertainty keeps you from it. Today, we've talked about negative emotions, which are ones we're trying to avoid. We tend to see more success when we can get to positive emotions, things that we like to be part of. And I think that's a topic for another time. So until next time, I'm John Bwery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you, Getting Through It. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a supporter at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones. 